0: Welcome to the Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As a leading manifestation advisor with a process that's, well, radically different from the old New Age model, mine is rooted in psychology, neuroscience, and my energetic gifts. Therefore, I created this podcast to help you expand your subconscious limiting beliefs about the potential of deserving the manifestations you are calling in. In each episode, we'll walk through my expanders, a term in my manifestation formula signaling the people that already embody, have, or are successful in what we are looking to call in. These are the people that we witness through our mere neurons on a subconscious level that expand us into knowing that our manifestations are possible as well especially when we hear about their background, their upbringing, their trials and tribulations and any of their pitfalls that they had to experience along the way. Therefore, you're tuning into this podcast series to show your subconscious that anything you desire is possible and by pressing play, you've already started the process of manifesting it. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us our review, comment, and share it with your fellow manifester that's struggling or could really benefit from the information that you're about to learn. So, we sent out a survey to you guys, I think a few weeks ago, called Stuck. And why I sent it out was because when I was just doing a speaking event at the GoodFest in New York... I had so many beautiful people come up to me and say, oh my God, this work has changed my life. And then I always ask, it's what I ask anybody who comes up to me, are you manifesting? And there were still a couple that said, well, no, this is happening and that. And then when I started to dig deeper, I realized that they hadn't done the formula magnetism, a really key component, even though a lot of it, truthfully, guys, you can find on podcasts I've been guest on before. But what is so important for it is that you have all the condensed Steps right there in front of you, because I haven't talked about all of them everywhere. And it's in format. And then it also gives you something to be checking back into. So if you haven't done the formula magnetism workshop and you're doing the unblocked tools and you're not manifesting, it's because you haven't actually learned the process of how to truly dance with the universe. And it's an energetic dance that you go through that I learned that seemed to work. Um, so I have to make that note. But another thing that I realized when I was reading all of the survey results is that I don't think people are having the correct mind frame around manifestation. And what I mean by that is manifestation is a practice, just like manifestation meditation's a practice, yoga's a practice, anything kind of spiritual is a practice. You literally have to do this daily in order for it to become a muscle, like a toned body that becomes a way of life, something that's ingrained in you. And then once all the training wheels are off, your trust muscle strong, you're, you seem to be manifesting all the time, you can really pinpoint constantly like, oh, there's a test, I'm about to upgrade, here's the thing, here's the block. Um, until you're at that point, you really need to be engaging with it as a practice. Otherwise, if you're just like kind of, you know, sticking your foot in this and trying unblocked and then tuning in sort of here, and then you're like, oh, I'm not manifesting there's a very big reason why you're not. So I just really want to say that and kind of expand the perspective that this is a daily practice. We actually put up a banner on the front page of the website that tells you five ways you can tune in throughout the week, totally free, that allow you to engage with all of the education and teaching and materials we're putting out there. And the only reason why we created that is because we're putting those out there to help you deepen your practice daily. So really starting to reframe this and look at it as a way of being, you know, it's kind of like eating. You have to learn the culinary, whatever you're doing daily, you have to have discipline around it. And then eventually it becomes like second nature and you can throw any of your recipes together. Just like manifestation, you'll start to find your own process, your own practice around it that works specific to you within the parameter of a lot of the tools. Now I want to get into a block also that I was seeing in the survey, because this is a super important one that you might not really look into that often, but it can take up so much space from a manifestation actually coming through, loved ones and friends, (laughs) and don't get afraid. What I mean by that is a lot of the time when I'm seeing people call through more community or a partner, other things, even finances, they can really stand in the way of. And I want to break this down so that you get it. So let's say you're calling in a partnership and you really, really want to connect with this person. You've put this on your list, you know, the core essence of all the things you want, but let's say you're caretaking for your mom seven days a week. That's a beautiful thing, but all of that energy that's holding place in your life. To nurture, to be nurtured, Um, that energetic exchange is just blocked right now, caretaking. Um, Other ways that can show up are, you know, friends who take up a lot of your space and time, especially narcissistic friends, or friends that depend on you for their happiness and worth. Like, let's say if you're a sidekick, Um, when it comes to money, it can definitely be a partner who doesn't believe in what you're after, who makes you feel like you're not good enough for it, who makes you shrink. So there's a lot of ways that I want you guys to start really looking around to see, oh, is somebody standing in the space of what I want to come through? Especially if you have done the formula and magnetism around it, you've unblocked around it, and you're expanded. That's the one last key component to really be looking at. Or like I've said maybe by now, or it might be coming in a podcast intro talking about being able to deal with envy. Um, So listen out for that one. So really, really starting to look around who is holding a lot of my emotional and energetic space in my life that isn't open, allowing what I want to come through. That's a block I want you to look at. Once that does become a thing, if you do notice that this is in your life, if you're manifesting partnership, partnership's going to help you learn how to unblock that. Unblock no if you are like, I don't even know where to start looking. That's going to help you take inventory to see if someone might be holding that space in your life and preventing what you want from coming through. And those are the top ones I would really point you in the direction to. So just become aware of that, mindful of that, and... Get to manifesting i really we have a lot of content too that will be coming out to support all these other elements that i didn't speak about today that came back in the survey because i want everybody manifesting every single person so start to consider this a practice go look at the front page to see the practice how you can engage every day to have teachings that take it deeper and then look around to see if anybody's actually blocking your space from things coming through to you Today's guest, Chloe Garcia Ponce, is hands down my favorite healer I've ever worked with. That's how I tell her. (laughs) That's how I introduce her to other friends. You know, I went to see her for the first time, I would say two years ago. A client of mine introduced me to her. So I went to see her in New York and I was totally floored. If you haven't read the blog post that I have on her, titled Chloe Garcia Ponce. Go read that now. It goes through her training, her history, all of the modalities she uses. She is phenomenal. I mean really, really phenomenal. And in this episode, we get into so many things. We get into channeling, to being a healer, to having worth, multicultural experiences for her growing up. Um, also getting into how to forgive trauma, not the experience itself, but how for you to heal and get your power back. Um, so it's a really expansive episode for anybody I think on the planet can benefit from this one. We get deep into the masculine feminine. Uh, It's just she's an overarching, incredibly intelligent and talented human being that I wish I could spend every day being surrounded by. So kick back and enjoy this episode. This is The Expanded Podcast, and today we have on what I will deem that you are my favorite healer I have ever worked with, who is... Chloe Garcia Ponce. If you you. guys have not read the, uh, I did a whole piece on her, I think two years ago on the blog. And if you type in her name, which you'll see pinned right here, you can get so much of her story, her teachings, her teachers, the practices and modalities she uses. Um, I'm so excited that you took the
1: time to be here today. I'm very, very honored to be in your home and, you know, to be sitting here with you. It's the Best, and I have to talk about in a nutshell our
0: sessions really quickly before we get into it because they were so transformative for me. It was a client of mine, Jessica, who introduced us, and you know, she said, Have you heard of Chloe? and no, and you know, she connected us, and so I didn't know what I was even in for when I came to meet with you, and the first time. You started channeling right away, and everything was so spot on. And I don't really work with anybody who channels or psychics or anything, and you were just so spot on. And you reminded me so much of my ex's mother, who is just like pure Gaia. The feminine, pure love, the design is so beautiful and loving that I think I cried. (laughs) I cried because you reminded me of her. But I like to say that was the session that opened my heart for the first time. Because when you were doing, I mean, you had gone through everything. You had done the Olympia, you had done the ceremony the channeling. And at the end, you were doing some energy work. And the moment you hit my heart and whatever you did, I physically felt it like so hard trying not to pry open from everything I've been through. And you opened, you were the first person when people say, open your heart. For the first time, I was like, oh, that's what it feels like. So that was the first session that was so beautiful. It stuck with me. And then I think I reached out to you, I think it was last year, probably around this time, that, uh, I was like, I'm going to be in New York, Chloe, are you around? And you said, yes, I'm not seeing anyone. I have this one day open. I knew you were going to get in touch, you know, come. And I came and when I walked in, you said, you knew, you knew that I had experienced a miscarriage and you knew what was going on in my relationship. And you said, I wasn't taking anybody, but I knew I had to see you. And you told your partner, she's going to reach out. We're going, you know, we need to connect. And everything you said in that session i've materialized everything every one of it you said about the business what i needed to do you said about my romantic relationship what needed to happen what i needed to do for my body and myself and all of it's been transformational and totally i followed through and everything you said that would happen so i have to just rave 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 about chloe's beauty and then i want to really start to give the floor over to you but i think it's important for anybody tuning in to know that she is so powerful. Um, So let's start off with that. It's in the article, but who were your (laughs) teachers? Such a humble. (laughs) 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 I'm like, you don't need to talk at all, Chloe. I'm just going to keep talking about (laughs) everything you do that's so great. (laughs) Who were your teachers? Because you are versed in so many modalities.
1: Well, I had many different paths. I mean, when I was in my 20s, my teacher mostly was India, mm-hmm. Mother India, and I started my, my healing path for myself and connecting to that wisdom with the Ayurvedic training, with the food, with the asanas, with the yoga portion of it, and, you know, it just felt, it felt so right for my healing process. And I spent 15 years in India traveling twice a year and just being immersed in the culture and its teachings, the thing is, is that it's not my country. So, even though the pillars of education and the inspiration that that country gave me, and it is very similar to Mexico in many ways, there was something missing in my uh, spiritual path that I needed to connect more authentically. Even though I feel Indian, mm-hmm. and a lot of people when I would go to India assumed that I was Indian. Mm-hmm. You probably were last life. (laughs) Oh, yes, I was, (laughs) definitely. My Indian Ayurvedic teacher, Amita, that I love very much, she's my spiritual mother. She's always, you know, she calls me Amu. But, yes, India is is a very strong, important part of my, my training and education. Understanding the elements, you know, because the doshas, having the elements, you know, the fire, the earth the air allowed me to understand also about the elements that we carry inside our body and how we need to balance that not just in a ceremonial aspect but also consciously you know the fire the digestive fire mm-hmm. and the anger and the fire that we transform and how we use fire in our life and how we identify with fire you know not being scared of that transformation the same way that we work with water and how the water has a calming effect, but it also works with the emotion, and it's a very purifying element. And air, you know, it's it's a way that we're able to speak, it's the way that we're able to deliver our prayers and our faith, and that carries our message, and how we use the element of air in our life. How we speak, how we connect with our voice, our creative voice, and so... At a young age, understanding that those elements were all interconnected in our life, you know, through food, through ceremony, in our relationships every day, that that was a huge teacher. And India gave me that. You know, I remember first arriving to Jaipur, and there was this one... I had never been to a ceremony with Shiva. Mm. And I woke up very early in the morning to the call of prayer. And I just went straight to this temple. It was 6.30. It was on the property of where I was staying. And I just remember hearing the chants and the prayers and the mantras and starting to cry. Mm. And just everything that had ever affected me in my life, the weight, the loss, the grief, the pain, it felt like this river of emotions you know, was just being released. And it was so profound. And I needed to connect. I needed to understand what the deity, why this deity was so strong in in this part of my life. Mm -hmm. It was also my Saturn return. So Shiva, you know, I got into understanding the dance and this beautiful wheel of change. You know, as we die, we are reborn in this beautiful dance of life. And yeah, India was very important to me. Mm -hmm. But when I got back to New York, uh, there was a disconnect, you know, even though I loved India and India was very dear to me, like I also knew that I, ne- I was Mexican and that I needed to connect with my ancestry. And so that the next journey for me to find my teachers in Mexico and to implement my my teachings from India with my country. Mm-hmm. And like I wrote in your Q&A, you know, that the Temazcal, the sweat lodge was very important mm. in that time of my life because it was going back into the mother into the womb into the earth how
0: did that feel in your soul cuz you didn't well we'll get into your like growing up but you grew up with your grandmother sort of around all of your gifts and secrets but actually truly connecting with like on such a deep level your ancestors your medicine of your country what did that feel like in your soul doing that going through the process of
1: alchemy well the thing is is that as you enter this small house no The first thing that you're connecting with is putting your forehead onto the ground. So Mm -hmm. you're bowing into the ground. You're bowing to the mother. And then you're going into this small little portal where you're entering this dark womb. And inside the womb, there is a pit where the volcanic rocks are being put in. And they're heated. And there's all these, the element, you know, there's all the smoke. And then there's the water. And then there are the herbs that are being infused and there's four doors, we call them puertas, that we go through, you know, each direction and what those directions invoke in the medicine wheel. And for me, when I did that ceremony for the first time, I thought, I'm home. Mm-hmm. You know, my my grandmother on my mother's side was Cherokee Indian. And a lot of the Native American teachings, like she was very important in my young upbringing, Because even though I grew up in a very privileged upbringing where I lived all around the world and I spoke many languages and it was a very privileged upbringing, when I would go visit my grandmother, it was not about any of that. It wasn't the ego. Mm -hmm. She would connect me back to the earth. I would garden with her. I would cook with her. We really connected on, you know, what it meant for me to be a child and to have my innocence. And she would communicate you know, and tell me about the birds and what they meant to her and what they would mean to me in my life Mm. and what the plants would bring in their medicine. And also she taught me about kindness and how to be respectful towards the elders and how to listen. So then I would go back to Europe or I would go back... I mean, I grew up in Europe, so I had these two pillars that were really important because having that foundation of respect and understanding of family and then coming back into a very posh kind of upbringing Mm -hmm. it also grounded me and leveled me and always i always saw people no matter what stage they were in their life economically they were all the same they were all they came from love and that was a a very big teaching that she instilled in me beautiful and that's what the temescal brought back to me Mm. you know it's we go into this sacred home in this womb and we're sharing our experiences and our pain and our grief and we're releasing into the earth with strangers that become your family. Mm-hmm. So we get to see everyone and witness everyone with eyes of love. And connection. And connection. And that's
0: what it's all about. That's what it's like. I just, yeah, I guess that's the whole journey is to get there. All is one. But I believe in it so much. It, when I was young, I didn't, understand that. And when I started my spiritual journey, I intellectually understood it. And it wasn't until I had a moment of consciousness and it was in deep meditation where I could feel that connection to everyone that I went, wow, that's what they mean. This is what they mean. This is what it's all about. So I love that you had that connecting back to your medicine and connecting
1: back to your heritage that was calling you home. Well, my father, he passed away when I was very young. And so I always had that connection with him. And he brought me home wherever I was. My faith, you know, wanting to see him in my dreams or wanting to feel him or to, or to activate something. As a child, you know, when, when you lose the person that you love the most, you're always wanting to see their manifestation. And Physical. so there was, you know, the veils of, of that reality were, were sort of, Lifted at a very young age because i was searching for his essence and everything if it was in a bird if it was in a tree if mm. it was in a flower if it was in a song i remember the beetles are a very big <laughs> connection oh yeah and there's one song that he used to always sing to me or at least that was the song that i resonated with him and it's blackbird mm. So every time I needed his presence or I would ask for a sign, I would be in the car or I would be in a shopping center and that song would come on. I knew that he was there for me wow. and that he had heard, you know, my call. So in those ways, you know, as a kid, I truly, I learned how to be more sensitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't wish that upon anyone because when, when you lose the person that you love the most, it's a, it's a very traumatic Experience, especially when you're a young girl, but what it has brought into my life is so beautiful. Because everything that I feel when I see a client, the unconditional love, mm-hmm. and just how I, I I go into this mother quality, you know, the mm-hmm. the energy, and it's because of the love that I received from him
0: mm-hmm.
1: and from my grandmother and from my mother. You know, I I'm very fortunate that I had a very nurturing, loving family. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that you say that. I wrote an article, I think it was two weeks ago. It was called I Am Nothing. And like a big part of I started to learn this concept of being nothingness when I taught preschool. It was a multicultural preschool and the we celebrated all of these different cultures every month. It was like Africa Month, India Month, you know, Native American month. And then uh we didn't celebrate Middle Eastern Month because it felt too triggered or conflicting with certain families. So it means that those kids didn't get to bring their culture. And it wasn't until I started working with people that I realized I would go into the space of complete, I don't know how to put it, it sounds like yours is more feminine and loving, which is what I receive when I'm there. That's why I feel, you know, like such a nurture. But mine is just complete, nothingness blank so it's like I can work with somebody from incarceration to guilty to this to that to this label and hold no judgment my job is just here to have them unbreak and take away any limit in their way but it's that complete nothingness and how do you feel that you're able it sounds like through the love that you received you're able to have that unconditional love I don't I don't know how to explain where mine comes from of the like you're awesome just because you're breathing I don't know where that comes from I'm an alien
1: (laughs) but that comes from then your upbringing essentially well it comes from my connection to my family members but also to the earth when I see a soul that is facing me, either in despair or in pain or through a, a period of transformation or transition, I just connect again with how my mother or my grandmother or the people that loved me, you know, and all my teachers, they, they would always give me the mother touch. Mm. And so I see every person as my child. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I have someone in front of me that I'm working with, they become my children. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm opening their heart, it's not actually me because I'm just an instrument of the teachings. But there is tremendous amount of compassion in, in my heart for everyone that walks through mm-hmm. my door. And that unconditional love in that moment, in that time, it's, I, I am a mother In that moment, and I think people feel at ease and they trust, and that is why being able to open someone's heart, you know, it's about nurturing others. Yeah, I love that. Because this is about
0: expanding, and I love this message, especially when I come across, not that gender has to matter, but women. I feel that there's so much pressure to have children um, or to nurture in a certain way. And I love the way you put it to me that you chose not to have children because of this very thing we're talking about. Would you unpack that or explain it a little bit more?
1: Well, I think it's selfish for women to have children when they're not really sure if they want to have children mm-hmm. because they feel socially pressured or because they're in a relationship where maybe their partner wants a child, but they're not sure that they want a child, so I think you need to be extremely responsible when you decide that you want to bring that energy into your life in the sense of it's it's a commitment
0: mm-hmm. oh
1: yeah, and I'm not saying that it's a financial commitment which it is in 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 Western societies, but you see very you know you see a lot of amazing children that are born in very poor circumstances in very happy families so it's not really about the economic situation for me it's more about being able to be there connected emotionally and spiritually for your child absolutely um i was i am and i was and i i hope to be very fulfilled in my life and you know Uh, I never woke up in the morning thinking, oh my God, my life is not complete without a child. Mm -hmm. And I'm surrounded by the energy of children. And I have my nephews and my nieces that I absolutely adore. And I'm very fortunate to be able to have a very important role in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I have my practice Mm -hmm. that allows me to channel and to be in that mother energy. And every person that walks through my door is my child. Mm -hmm. But I also know that I need to have space and time to restore, to regenerate, and also to come inside of myself in order to give back. Mm-hmm. If I had chosen to be a mother, I don't know, this could be, it's a very abstract because I could have been a mother and I still maybe would have had the energy and time to to give to, to my clients. But mm-hmm. it just felt in this time of my life that I was honoring exactly my path. Mm-hmm.
0: And I love that
1: I don't feel that I'm missing out on anything mm-hmm.
0: I just want that to serve as such an expansion for people who are feeling that pressure societally or aren't sure um, so thank you for sharing that. No, I think welcome. it's f- such it's an equally as important message as what we're just being projected you know through media and I don't, commercial holidays like everything you know all the time and so thank you for sharing
1: that well I think you know family is important very but the thing is is that you can create a family without having a child mm-hmm. you know your your partner your husband your boyfriend he's your family absolutely the animals that you bring into your life they're your family your friends are your family mm-hmm. your work is your family and, and I we're think all
0: really one big human family. We are. <laughs> <huge>. <laughs> if we start opening up to that, we really <laughs> are. This is my yes, family.
1: Yes, we're all connected. I agree. And if you in having a child is an added bonus, mm-hmm. and it's a huge honor and privilege to be a mother and to raise a child.
0: Absolutely.
1: And you know, I'm 43 maybe you never, know. you never know watch we'll have you on next year <laughs> <laughs> and yes now i am a mother
0: <laughs> <laughs> well then you'll have really known you know you, it would it will have been a conscious decision and i just love that you're so conscious in your own story so conscious in your own intentions um really listening to yourself and your needs and i think that's so special i just think it's so so many people need to hear that who might also be feeling the same thing so thank
1: you well i know what it is to be pressured socially yeah i mean as a child i was a very rebellious child mm-hmm. and i question authority and i question what was right and what was wrong, not just for me, but what was imposed on me by others. And, you know, I think that that was part of my initiation was also to question the truth Mm -hmm. and not just fall into this social pressure of, you know, looking a certain way or feeling a certain way as a woman and, you know, dressing a certain way. And I always had my style. I always had my identity uh, it was misunderstood when I was younger as being very arrogant mm-hmm. because people assumed, oh, like, who is she? Why does she think she's better than us? Mm-hmm. But it had nothing to do with, mm-hmm. with feeling that way. It was just that as a creative person, I was drawn to color. I was drawn to finding my own voice and dressing a certain way. Expressing yourself. It was an exp- uh, Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that every person is unique and every person needs to find their creative voice yeah. and follow that and not have to follow a social norm to feel like they're accepted. I, uh, I think about this all the
0: time and I when I actually was working more individually with clients we would talk about this a lot because it's your projection that you're putting out there and for years I was put in the box of because I was an actress and a model and you know you grew up very beautiful yourself or what society deems is beautiful and at that time I was being pitched as I can't you know give it any other name than the hot chick you know and the way that they would want me to dress and come to these auditions and I'd show up and I looked okay but the moment I opened my mouth you know it's just I'm not that that's not my thing and I started to really find my you know physical projection probably around the age when I started this work and giving up sort of my past and I like to say inside that I feel energetically like I resonate more it's that beautiful balance right between masculine and feminine you know it's like it's like some part on me has to be feminine with a lot that's masculine, you know, and, and then I feel like it's the right projection. And I think it's so important for us to find that individual essence, that authentic essence and stop fitting into a mold that we see is in vogue or what we're seeing on TV and really learning how to express and project our authentic essence. Cause it just so many volumes for us it works so much for us it's like we get to just relax and sit back and allow that to kind of do a lot of things for us you know
1: but you touched something very important is that we all have the male and female yeah. energy and i think that it's important for us to tap in into those aspects of ourselves
0: both of them.
1: Very important. Regardless of the gender. Regardless of the gender. Yeah.
0: And regardless of the sexual orientation. Completely. That's a huge thing when I'm working with clients. It's like, like you know, energy is energy, period. And we're all just dealing with energy. So when you're manifesting... Within this process, it's like none of that matters. Like it really doesn't. Only our blocks and hang-ups because of what society's put on us or what we haven't been accepted for, and all of that, which is terrible. But that's why we're here to unlock a lot of that, I believe. And then it's starting to tap in and play with both of those energies and having them dance with each other and in balance or going this way when needed. And that—that's the real gift of
1: playing and balancing. And balancing. And grounding. Because I meet a lot of people that might, you know, because of they were traumatized because they've had sexual abuse or they've gone through traumatic uh, re- situations where they've suppressed the female energy. Yeah. And in order to be more, to feel safe, they've worked primarily with their male yeah. energy. That's been me for a long time. <laughs> I wonder who she's talking
0: about. Don't reveal anything about my (laughs) client at all. This one girl named Stacy. (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) But you know, it's important for people to feel safe with the aspect of themselves that they're not fully comfortable with. Yeah, and
0: to play with that and to heal it. And that's like been my biggest journey is really learning. I mean, I did all of this work around my feminine and. I did this moment where it was like in the womb, being so afraid to come out because of the chaos of the youngness and the the feeling so unloved. And, and I feel like I am such a light energy that it's like, I just don't like, I like light, like just happiness and light. And that's just, you know, how I feel that i really started to dim it that, Feminine energy for so long, and I've just been playing so much with that, finding that balance and how to harness it. And I just think it's such an important, important healing process for everybody to play with both of those, because, like you said, we all of us somewhere we're hiding it, we're dimming it, we're and we're having to get back into that balance. I mean,
1: I love working with women in the United States, where they have been programmed to act like men mm-hmm. in order to succeed on a professional level and allowing them to feel safe with their femininity, their sensuality and their sexuality and allowing them to feel that just because they can be vulnerable that doesn't mean that they're not strong mm-hmm. and that actually God gave us you know this beautiful body, this, this essence of grace of being nurturing. Mm-hmm. We embody all of these beautiful things and how can we get into our professional lives using those instead of suppressing it? You know, and I think that this Me Too movement is really important because it's, it's brushing upon a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Not just about how women are treated in, in the business world, but how women want to be perceived and seen and be able to express themselves without being attacked. Mm-hmm if they decide that they want to flourish in that more feminine, more graceful aspect of their personality. Mm-hmm. And the same with men. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I spoke about this as well, is that it's very important for us as women to allow men to feel safe and to educate them about how it is that we want to be seen and communicate okay, communicate that's where we're seeing a lot of the gray areas,
0: not assault and all of that that's where things are absolutely off the table and and so horrific. but I think that we've lost the ability, especially in puritanical cultures you know that have been founded that way to just communicate our needs. We feel so repressed myself like being the first to admit this of communicating our needs communicating our boundaries communicating the pace of a relationship or an encounter or an experience um and just communicating yeah like energetically a subconscious projection of what we will and will not uh our boundaries you know i think that there needs to be so much education because i think that we see in our current political climate that there's a problem, there's a very big problem, but I'm not seeing a lot of solutions or guidelines. I see a lot of conflict, I see all of that happening, but I think that these conversations are really important or beginning to teach um, how we can communicate both energetically with our words, with our body, while being okay to be who we are and to feel safe in who we are. I think that there's so much there in the paradigm that is open, for interpretation and for teaching. Would you
1: agree? Oh, I totally agree. I think we're in a a really beautiful, chaotic time.
0: Chaotic. I love that because it shifts the paradigm. But it's also
1: important for us, you know, as we are learning how to act and to behave and to feel comfortable with a certain language, we can't isolate the other sex. Yeah. We have to be able to engage in that language together. Together.
0: Together. That's the only place for yes. change is together. I believe it. Um, and I personally experienced a Me Too situation. I'm very young, you know, uh, where I was almost raped by a producer um, in a hotel room and if I had had the tools, not that it's okay. Uh, this is again like I am a hundred percent behind survivors. All of you know, but we do need in our paradigm to start teaching women and men together communication, boundaries, solution, um, strategy. You know, I didn't have any of that. Luckily, it didn't go further than it was, you know, and I was one of the few who were able to get out of that situation. But had I have had tools, had anybody had taught me tools at that time, let alone tools of worth, like, uh, boy, would I have not potentially been in that situation. And so that's where I think there's a really beautiful opening together to start to to make change.
1: I think, you know, having a platform where people can start talking about the abuse, and it, that's it's it's a huge, you know, when things get repressed, then they become stagnant, and then there's a, the disease that sets in. Absolutely. So the fact that there has been this explosion where people are starting to whoo, liberate, yeah, and they're able to talk about their experiences, and they're able to heal, yeah, and they're able to 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 be heard and to be seen.
0: Because even culturally, because I agree, and the shame that needs to be taken out of the table. So this can be a conversation for everyone to tell their story. And you, when you guys, and when I say you guys, I mean heritage, because you lead a lot of these ceremonies that are for the healing of everything, but this as well. What is the medicine you've been taught for anyone who's gone through the abuse? What's the
1: medicine that you guys walk through together? I mean, the thing is, is at first we have to be willing to unveil and to get to the core. So we have to be naked with our truth, with yeah. our pain.
0: The hardest part, I think. That is the hardest. The hardest.
1: And then we, we have to pass through the, the anger. And I'm not saying, when we get to the place of forgiveness, you're not forgiving the act mm-hmm. of, the, of the person that violated you in that way. But you're, you're moving towards a, a position where you're able to forgive in order to free yourself, freedom, yeah, the freedom. You know? And we do that in different ways. You know, we have these spiritual baños, these baths that um, that we we do in order to. I don't like to give recipes about of those, yeah, yeah, because yeah. the thing is, is that I believe that baños, spiritual baths, need to be supervised, yeah, because guided. I assume a lot of things can happen in that moment with the water and with the plants. And if, especially with uh, cases of rape and, and abuse, and if you're not there to supervise that time for that person, holding space for them, then it can be another traumatic I experience. I
0: totally agree. I absolutely agree.
1: So that's why I'm not, um, I, I usually don't reveal And it's so sacred. The recipes of of baños because I don't want it to become something that people can just go online and say, oh, okay. Like another ayahuasca
0: ceremony in Van Nuys in a carpeted hotel room. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Pretty much, yes. People need support through this. (laughs) They need support. 100% and sacred. It's a very sacred, sacred, uh, you know.
1: Well, I mean, I think people who know me personally and also my clients, when they come and they ask me about ayahuasca specifically, you know, I'm not someone that will encourage that experience. Because I feel that that plant, that medicine, is for indigenous communities. And when people are prepared to experience that, they have their community, they have their tribe to hold them through the experience. And I think a lot of foreigners that go to Peru or they come to Mexico and they're having these type of experiences and then they come back to their country and they don't have the support, they don't have the community, then they end up being even more lost. I agree. And it can create more confusion. And then there's a longing of wanting to go back to Mexico or back to Peru to constantly have that connection and to Mm -hmm. have that community. And I think that there's other ways of being able to heal and to work through the pain without having to use the plant medicine that way. I mean, a lot of people don't feel that same way, and I know that it's helped them in many ways, but I also see a very big community that is very lost, that is sort of wanting to dabble into experience, and they're doing it the same way that they would use recreational drugs, Mm -hmm. and they're not really prepared, and they don't really understand their purpose with the plant. Absolutely. So it's a... I mean, it's an interesting time for indigenous communities and their medicine, how it's being brought into the Western world and how it's being misused as well. And
0: we talked about that before this a little bit, how very few people are able to really be in their integrity and true, uh, I like to say sacred, it's ritual. At the
1: end of the day, that's how the medicine's carried out. It's, It's ritual, it's not... Well, the thing is, is that people don't, you know, everyone thinks that, by placing an object, they can carry on that that ritual. But it's very naive to think that. Mm-hmm. Because every instrument, every plant, every object has been put into a place of, of ritual sacredness. And when you're able to activate that and you're able to go into these portals of energy where you're communing with the spirit world then that 's when they're able to come and to help with the ceremony, mm-hmm. and so when I do my work as again i 'm an instrument of God mm-hmm. and when i'm when the egg is there for me to release the energetic vacuum it 's because it 's been prayed and it's been consciously opened up to that energy so it is able to release what is not needed Mm -hmm. from that person's body but it's not me and it's not the egg Mm -hmm. that is doing it Mm -hmm. it's the ritual behind cleansing and placing and praying to the egg
0: agreed i absolutely agree and i've gotten to witness it experiencing it through different (laughs) healers you know what i mean and i think
1: that there's so much truth in that. Uh, it's the truth.
0: <laughs> There's not so much truth. It's the truth.
1: But the problem is that, you know, right now online, you can, you know, people, a lot of people are like, oh, yes, I'll, I'll just pass the egg on me and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. It is very dangerous for people to do that. Mm-hmm. because they can, Especially if they're reading. So, you know what I mean? But they can, I mean, you. they should never be open the egg in a glass of water mm-hmm. if they're passing the egg over themselves mm-hmm. thinking that oh I can do what that person just did mm-hmm. they are picking up so much stuff and by opening it up they're opening it up to their homes wow because when you come and you see me and mm-hmm. I do the ceremony there's a whole thing that happens before oh there's I know a whole thing that happens after oh yeah and if you don't have the protective prayers and if you don't know how to cleanse the energy then you're just putting you're picking that up again and you know for me it's uh there's a lot of people that are teaching this medicine to people here in the Western world, and I, it's not that I am against it, but I feel like there needs to be. It took me 20 years to get prepared, and I'm still in. I'm still a student. Yeah, always. And it, there's a lot of training, and there's a lot of preparation, and there's a lot of things that people need to to do in order to. to it's not a glamorous job. Mm-hmm. You know, people assume. Oh, it takes you to certain places. You get to meet certain people. You you're like, I feel a whole lot richer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a very it's a very intense practice. Yeah, and I see how much preparation goes. And I
0: mean, you're also not only doing all of that energetically and spiritually, but you're like pulling the. Animal and the thing and the card I mean it's so deep and those it's like a two hours is it two hours or when I it's get lost hours. when I, what is it
1: yeah, it's two hours two hours, oh my gosh, it's so, but it depends because I have clients that I see and it, the session can go on for six hours, yeah yeah it just really depends on what we're working on at that time, what they need but yeah, it's uh I mean I didn't this work chose me, yeah. You know, the, the the life that I had and I never assumed that, that 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 was my path. Yeah. It was the people who saw that I had the gift that said you need to start doing this. Mm-hmm. And the moment I rejected because I didn't want to go into this realm because I I remember seeing things that I felt uncomfortable with, being exorcisms or mm-hmm. different types of things that I felt very uncomfortable. But I got sick. When I when I did not honor my calling, mm-hmm. it knocked you back. It knocked you back. Path. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to play.
0: Yeah, yeah You're like I, like I want to do art all day <laughs> and just yeah, go and enjoy, right? Because you're an artist yeah, as well. Yeah. I'm like, can yeah. I just paint? And yeah, be a successful artist. No, <laughs> that'd be the dream. I know. Same here. I say the same thing. I would be like an actress on a TV show right now, just having a blast. Like, <laughs> also, I talked to you about sort of the physicality of my body too whether I like it or not I've been forced into consciousness like I can't drink I can't I mean there's so much my body physically can't handle where I'm like can I just go to the south of France and have some rosé and like take some mushrooms for a while (laughs) that'd be nice just be normal and be with pals but I guess there's a thing is when you're
1: channeling and when you're doing medicine work you have to be a very clear vessel very whether you uh, like
0: it or not exactly
1: (laughs) i mean i stopped drinking it's going to be almost 20 years wow and i haven't touched a cigarette or coffee Yeah,
0: same coffee nothing
1: because yeah you have to be a very clear channel
0: yeah that's what i started to go "Mm, this is happening for a reason it's you know i have to trust that um Tell us about your childhood gifts when you started to notice your gifts. Because I love that story. (laughs) The witchy side
1: of my childhood? Yes, yeah.
0: (laughs) Not the like European side that was really glamorous in a way, but when you really started to touch in with
1: your grandmother and knowing that you had gifts. Well, it was a... It mostly... As a kid, it can be very confusing. Because when you start to hear things or to see things, and you can't really talk about it because either you know, your family is very conservative and they think you're going crazy. Or yeah. if you have a therapist, they think that maybe you're on the... Sp- <laughs> yeah. So th- I never felt like I had a safe place growing up to talk about the things that I was witnessing or sensing or listening to. I had my journals and I had my paintings mm-hmm. and my drawings. But I remember profoundly one time when I was in Mexico sitting on a bed... And I was laying down and I was going to sleep. And I started hearing a baby crying in the next room. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm never going to be able to sleep. This, mm-hmm. you know, this child is in so much pain and, and his mother's really not taking care of him. And the whole night, you know, just crying and crying and crying. And the next morning I woke up and I asked my girlfriend and I said, who's staying in the next room? Because mm-hmm. the this child is just, it was in, the whole night crying. And she was like, Chloe, there's no one in that room. Like, I don't know what you heard. And I thought, okay. So then following night, I went back to bed. And that was the first time that I had seen a spirit. And there was the old grandmother, this indigenous woman sitting on my bed. And she was crying and crying and and asking, you know, where her child was. Mm. And I just, my first reaction was to put my head over the sheets and ask, Saying, I don't want to see this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear this, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, consciously wanting to shut down my third eye Mm -hmm. because it was just too profound for me. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know what to do with that information. Yeah, too much. So you know, things like that would happen. And then, I think when I started getting ready with this intuitive psychic voice that I had, I was in Cairo. Mm -hmm. I was in Egypt.
0: Which I think is one of the most spiritual Meccas or like vortexes. I knew I had come home. Yeah. (laughs) They built pyramids there for a reason. I know. Mexico, Egypt, Yes, yes,
1: yes. They knew. They knew. But I was uh, in a hotel in Cairo. And, you know, I have a a tendency to to feel energy. That's another part of my work that I do. Mm -hmm. Where I cleanse energy. But... So they were t- showing us different rooms and my partner's always like rolling his eyes cuz he's like okay is this room okay and I'm like yeah. no this Max room is asks not okay. Me too, I can feel. <laughs> he's like okay whenever you're ready I'll have my bags. Yeah, so, okay. so we found the right room and that evening I woke up again like in in sweat and just hyperventilating and just I had this vision of all this blood that someone had been assassinated. And I woke him up and he's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, we need to turn the television on. Something has happened. Oh, man. And I said this, It's and he's like, you know, he's rolling his eyes. He's like, I'm like, who are you? Come on, yeah. But the prime minister of Pakistan had been assassinated. Wow. And it was those kind of things, you know, even if I didn't want to experience the world that way, it was just inevitable. Like things were just constantly flowing in that direction. Until I found my teachers that helped me harness that power and understand how to work with that Mm -hmm. gift, it changed my life. Because in the past, when I was younger, I would tell people certain things that they didn't really want to hear. They weren't
0: ready, yeah. They weren't
1: ready. And I just didn't know how to shut that part of me down. Mm -hmm. Like I would have a conversation and I would meet people and then I'd just start telling them their deepest, intimate, most intimate, you know... Stories that they probably had never revealed to Mm -hmm. anyone, and they just were taken off guard and they weren't really happy about it. (laughs) Stoked, (laughs) yeah.
0: So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin, we have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest unblocked inner child and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code, EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode.
1: So that's the thing is that because when you came to see me the first time, yes, I do channel, but it's I don't channel for everyone. Ah,
0: because you, I mean, are so accurate and so... There's people
1: that come to me and I know that they're, they're ready, ready. And I know that there's people that are just maybe wanting to experience what it is that they're coming to and they're not ready to hear a lot. So I also have learned to... I'm not surprised, because I don't surprise, but I also know when it's appropriate and not appropriate mm. to tell them certain things. If people come back to see me and we're constantly working together, mm-hmm. then there's much more of that. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, some people that just want to experience like what they read or what they're... Yeah. And so they come for, you know, one session and then I never see them again. Yeah. And if they got what they needed in that moment, perfect. that's what they needed. Yeah. But I also have learned that not giving too much information to people that are not ready to hear that truth.
0: I think it's such an important lesson. My mom, like you, I mean, she's clear, audio. I mean, everything, and medium, and, you know, I've had so many of the mediumship and stuff, but you can go so many ways with it, and I think for her, she grew up very, very Catholic, so it was very bad to have those gifts. It was the devil, you know, and then experiencing so much, obviously her medicine has been drinking. That's what, you know, helps her turn it off. But I think it's a really big burden for some people, especially if you don't lean into having these gifts and you don't work with teachers and you don't cultivate that, I guess I'm only saying this for the person out there because we all have a version of something and you know, m- m- some of us are more developed and not if we work on it
1: No, but you know, when I was in my 20s and I was not part of this medicine path and I was just a normal you know, girl that was you know, had had her high school experience and then was going through college and I mean, yeah I mean, I, I used to love going out and mm-hmm. the night scene was my, my refuge and I would drink and dance and smoke and mm-hmm. just you know it became every night mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know this this sort of ritual of mine of getting lost in that in that world because yeah. it was also very comforting mm-hmm. you know that's the thing is that when you start sleeping late and, and and activating your life at night there's a whole different energy
0: it's a whole different world it's literally a world a, wor- a different world
1: yeah yeah and that fed me. To be numb. Mm -hmm. Numb, that's what it is, the numbness. For for many years, until I decided to be awakened.
0: Yeah, and lean in, and really step up to it. What would you say to the person who is experiencing some of these gifts? I like to say it's like coming out of the closet. That's what we call our newsletters, out of the closet, because it's all so weird to some people still, if they're just stumbling into this. I imagine people tuning in are probably pretty deep into their spiritual practice and consciousness, but what would you say to them?
1: Well, I think that, you know, first of all, every person is intuitive. Yes, everyone. And every person can heal Mm -hmm. themselves, and if they choose to heal others, they can heal others. They just have to really understand what they want and their purpose. But to dim that intuitive uh, language is very detrimental because what happens is that you end up getting sick because mm-hmm. it's energy that blocks it is energy it's not that moving blocks. freely so the way that you know in 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 my culture in my healing tradition like we work very deeply with dreams we have a journal that in order to develop the intuitive side we have to consciously before we go to sleep there's a certain pose that we that we sleep in and that uh, we ask for our guides to allow us to remember. I love that. How beautiful. Oh, I love that. And then, uh, you know, we wake up at a certain time, mm-hmm. and then we write down what has been given to us, especially if there's a message for someone. It's funny because before I work on people, not one-on-one, but when I'm doing retreats, mm-hmm. and we're together for seven days, every person that comes to see me during that retreat has told me, Chloe, you came to my into my dreams. Oh, yeah. Because there's the astral traveling as yeah. well that comes with yeah. it. But that's a whole different stage. I love but just, that. But just the beginning of the initiation of opening you up your intuition is, is learning how to consciously dream mm-hmm. and to open up that, that communication with the subconscious. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy just, you know, by asking for your, your subconscious to remember. And then you have to also... Like lucid dreaming, you have to wake up in that moment when Mm -hmm. before it's it's a very and have a notebook by the bed, write it down, and then you can go back into your sleep. Either you choose to leave that state or you go back into the same state.
0: It's totally,
1: but it's programming. Yep, totally. You know, and it's discipline.
0: I love. I used to do this with myself when I was first starting to play with my subconscious and being like, oh, I know things, or like I can see things, you know, stuff like that. Where I would play with it to be like wake me up at 6:12 you know and we don't realize we have on our subconscious level so much power i'd wake up at 6:12 on the dot like you can train and talk to and communicate okay. with your subconscious and then this is a way to actually have a ritual around information let's talk about channeling for a oh. minute because that <laughs> like, let's talk about let's it. get out there um cuz that's what i do and i That's how I, you know, anything just like you. I'm a vessel. Anything I'm teaching about manifestation has nothing to do with me. And I always say this. I don't know why it chose me. I'm, I'm just don't. It's just I don't get it. But anyway, it comes through. And then you know, like these poor guys all week. I had a whole thing this whole weekend. So I'm like, change this, start this, let's do that. We're going to do this. You know, and it's like just what I'm receiving. It's all I follow, even if it's marketing or whatever. And so I want. I'm going to put out an article actually next Monday for tools and tips because I. want people to start really hitting into this deeper, the whole house that we bought that we're holding retreats at is going to be called listen. And so what we're teaching there is how to become your own advisor, you know, how to really tap back in with the elements of the earth and with certain tools of how to listen. You, It's all there. Yes, (laughs) It's all inside you. We just have a whole lot of noise, distraction, numbing, all sorts of things that are blocking it, but it's all happening at any time. And like my biggest tools on channeling, I've discovered it's only when I'm in the feminine that it comes in so strong for me. So that water, quiet, darkness, that's where it happens the thickest. And so I know my morning hours are the most special for me. The moment I wake up is when it starts and it's like, wait a second, wait, I gotta like get this down. So for me, it's darkness is always stronger daylight can happen too but I'm so airy you know and easily distracted that darkness is my biggest quietness meditation all of these things and then opening up to it starting to say like show me tell me Um, what are some of your biggest tools just for the beginner I mean obviously I do so much stuff but like the beginner person
1: well I mean obviously like it started happening a lot to me when I was in my bathtub Mm -hmm. you know I would be immersed in water and then I would be able to silence the mind and then I would go under the, the water wow. and I would have the water sort of just pass through my eyes and then I could start visually seeing the images. Wow! And so I was because water is a very strong medium mm-hmm. for channeling. So finding that silence and being immersed in water, yes, because you're entering the womb again. mm mm-hmm. So there is that medium that is really beautiful, using water. I find that a pendulum can be very—it's um, a nice way of activating your spirit guide to help you. It comes through, yeah, yeah. And I think for people that are sort of wanting to understand if if that is a tangible energy, you know, allowing the the, the pendulum to move into a yes/no mm-hmm. kind of situation and just maybe start asking very to the point questions that can have in very easy yes and no. It's not too elaborate, but I think it's a way for people to activate their intuition and their communion with the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Other tools, I mean, obviously for me, it was very easy just to sit and have, like I would have, I would be in my yoga practice. And when I started taking my yoga practice and setting an intention and then I would just go into the meditative state of doing the asanas, I would be able to collect information. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would very vividly, I would ask not to be engaged with other people's minds mm-hmm. because sometimes... Like cutting it off. Cutting it off and, and needing to have that space for myself to have that meditation and to have the awareness of what I needed to understand about my body physically. And to really tap in into my heartbeat and to tap in into the flow of the blood and to really feel my physical essence and presence. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't running, it wasn't swimming, mm-hmm. but it was through my my yoga practice. And that was my way of being able to speak to my body. Mm-hmm. And so by understanding how I was feeling and, and my muscles and how the heart was expanding and how the thighs and how I was releasing everything. Everything's opening. It's opening. Then I was able to bring that into my practice as well. So we have our rituals every day that we just need to heighten the awareness. Yeah. You know, and and so we shouldn't take walking for granted or Mm -hmm. eating for granted or sitting with a friend. I mean, all of these things that come into our lives have a deeper meaning. Absolutely. And so if we take it into that, level of saying, okay, well, I'm going to, to use this part of my life to also become more aware of my psychic ability or to open my intuitive voice.
0: Deepening that intention with it. I agree. I love that. Literally driving. Now it's like, stop talking to me. <laughs> I just want to literally like listen to whatever podcast I'm doing. So I love that. It's just getting intentional and, and just turning the awareness knob up a little bit. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, and that.
1: when you don't want to feel what the other person next to you. I mean, when I'm on a plane, that's just... Oh, God. It's like, it, you, you know, I constant. sit there and I'm just like, okay... I need to just become neutral because I I feel and I can hear everyone's conversation. And I I can see, you know, whatever is happening to that mother that is in distress because of the children and because the baby won't stop crying or, you know, the man that has been disconnected with his family and he keeps working and just trying to make more money to keep everything at flow like it's it becomes so con- like a concentration so mm. my way of like disconnecting and just focusing on being on that vessel yep. for whatever hours yeah. you know I'll, I'll listen to mantras or yep. i'll i do a lot of drawing when i'm on on the plane yeah.
0: I do theta waves and then I, I do, yeah, theta waves are my big thing and I just journal out and...
1: Because it's a way of just getting lost in your your creative voice, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not about creating the most, the perfect drawing or the perfect painting in that moment. It's just a way of not... Being present,
0: yeah, in yourself. Yeah. I love that. What is your biggest rock bottom that you've been through that you feel comfortable sharing That moment on the ground just crying, like rock bottom.
1: Well, it was during my Saturn return. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that when I really decided to step into this life, you know, there was this time where I just felt so lost and I didn't really like the person that I was becoming. And I just thought, this, you know, my purpose in life, what is my purpose? And yeah, I remember vividly. I, I came back from this trip. I was in in Uruguay, mm-hmm. and when I was in Uruguay, and I got back from Uruguay, and it was a you know one of those many vacations where it was just about partying and not really having anything very meaningful happen. And I remember going into my shower and just crying my mm-hmm. eyes out and saying, "I my life needs to change." I cannot be this person, Mm -hmm. I cannot have this be my reality, Mm -hmm. where everything is just about one superficial superficial thing after the other superficial thing. And it was through awakening myself and calling in my teachers and doing the work, because it's not just you doing the work for others, it's you have to do your own personal work. Daily. (laughs) And there was one thing that was very instrumental for my activation. Mm -hmm. It was called the Hoffman Institute.
0: Oh, yeah. I've been wanting to go so bad. I should do it.
1: It's very similar to
0: what I do, apparently. That was
1: my first time in California. I went to St. Helena. Wow.
0: Kelly did it. My good friend. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, she's like, you got to go. It's just like your stuff, but you're stuck there. (laughs) So, I want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I was what? I was 26. Wow. That's a very powerful time to go, man. Yeah. So, anybody listening, it's an institute in Northern California.
1: In St. Helena, yes. Oh, okay, great. In, and it's basically
0: States. like... Un- but they have them all over the world though.
1: Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, because I've
0: only known people who have done it here. But it's unblocked on crack. It's childhood. It's relational boundaries. I mean, the whole... You look at a shadow. You look at the whole thing, right, apparently? I mean, it,
1: it's, a, it's a very profound activation. And I had never been in that type of environment my whole life. You know, I, spirituality was something very... In the closet. In the closet. (laughs) And I mean, I'm so grateful for every person that I met on that journey. Mm. And that was the first time that when I left that week of being activated there, I could finally see again because I was able when I was a child to see the aura Mm. of nature. Wow. So you see it with trees and plants and wow. And I thought, oh my God, I'm back. I'm back home to To myself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's not for everyone, but it was actually a gift. I met this woman in Greece and she changed my life. And at the time, you know, it's an expensive place to go to. And I didn't think I had the money and she offered it to me
0: wow I've had people along the way I call them angels they're angels who come Uh, I went to Columbia four years ago and was so poor I was so poor and I went with a family friend and she paid for it and she just knew I needed to go and it was one of the most it's where finally my question was answered this was before I started teaching manifestation but I did my own practice and I would always have this question, why do some people go, it's the question everybody asks them, why do people go through such oppression, such injustice, and others don't? And I met this woman there. She was, a, like, I like to say she was just like a witch out of nowhere who gave me that answer, and I'll never question that again. And it's what made me stop listening to labels and anything to do with a box. It was like... Uh, when you stop seeing the difference between this and this, you'll have your answer. And I meditated on it for years, and she was such a teacher there. Um, yeah, I love those angels. They come out oh, of no, nowhere. No, I mean,
1: she changed my life. She, This woman, her gift, I mean, she passed away. Oh. But part of, when you when you finish doing the Hoffman, there's a letters, two letters that you have to write and to thank the people that have put you on your path. Oh. And she was one of them amazing It's so beautiful and she gifted me with this beautiful crystal little uh, box with this dancer inside she was lovely she was truly I mean yes I mean I feel very honored and very grateful for having her cross my path and so she really helped me in screenwriting there's a process
0: that you go I used to like when I was acting you know I would do that and there's a call to adventure but you always have a mentor along the way in screenwriting that helps the hero you know on their journey and she was your mentor she was like your first mentor to be I mean she
1: and and this was such a I mean that's when I have I tell people be open to everything because I was so shut down and I was in this beautiful island in Greece and I was reading this book and this older woman she was in her 80s she came up to me and you know, she just started talking to me because she was interested in the book that I was reading, and she invited me. Sh- she was staying at the hotel, and she's like, "Would you like to have dinner with me?" Mm. And I said, "And she was alone," and I said, "Of course!" And we had dinner the whole every night together. I love that. I do that all the time. I you say know? yes, yeah. And it's it's so important to say yes to to to, to, to situations to people that they come into your life and you don't understand exactly why, but you just have to stay open. Mm -hmm. Because I think we have a tendency of shutting ourselves down to to many opportunities. Especially in the current climate of today of being a human on earth,
0: you know. Well, there's,
1: you know, the fear of what does that person want from me or why is that person being nice to me or what, you know, we have this thing where it's like everything has to be a negative Mm -hmm. attention. But this woman, you know... Without me knowing, like, we took care of each other during that vacation. And she took care of me after... I love it, and you
0: guys have probably done soul lifetimes together. Probably, you know? Yes, I love when people swoop in. Um, I have a question for you to get your intuition, Chloe. So once we finish this house, the intention is to do another retreat house to have. I want to have three of them, you know, and basically th- three very different environments that bring out very different things and three very different intentions. But should we do the next house in Scotland or Maine? <laughs>
1: Well, I was thinking Maine. You think so? Scotland is a very powerful land. Mm-hmm. And I think that because of you are so comfortable with the male energy, mm-hmm. that it does definitely call you because mm-hmm. it, it's, it has a very male energy. Yeah, it does. But I think that, you know, maybe in the future, as you get older and you become more aware of your of your talent and your and your gifts and the maturity because you would encounter a lot of problems with the community out there
0: i would wow that's great to know yeah Yeah. my intuition says Maine first it does say that it also feels safer because it's closer i can go more often you know and
1: be a part of it more often the thing is is that Maine is very it's it's still very virgin Mm -hmm. it feels that way Whereas Scotland, there's been a lot, a lot of different wars, different, and it's still, you know, it's, Europe is is still very shut down. Mm -hmm. It really is. Especially when it comes to spirituality and they're not wanting to activate that Mm -hmm. as quickly as in the United States.
0: It surprises me, especially you guys out there tuning in, but it surprises me how much of our community is from London and Paris. I'm just like, wow, you guys are, you know, I had a someone come up to me in the streets. Bonjour
1: les Français!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had a woman come up to me in the streets who, you know, is currently living in London when I was just in New York and she was like, it's so crazy. How you're received there you know like this is so forward in <laughs> london right now but
1: that's and what have, i'm saying
0: they need it they need it and i have so many clients or when i was practicing at so many clients in london so many i mean i have clients from all over the world but that was really special
1: i mean england is going through a massive transition as well as well yeah and i think people are just the way that we're feeling it here with our political situation yeah. i think people really are trying to find ways of of connecting and how to, uh, having a voice, a spiritual voice, mm-hmm. but when I work in Europe or when I travel a lot to Europe, it's still I'm amazed at how lucky we are on the states to have access to everything that we have access to mm-hmm. from the workshops to the teachers even to the to the beautiful stores that oh the food like restaurants <laughs> like
0: where we can pop in to go grab you know what we need spiritually speaking book i mean it's wild it is so wild and they
1: they, they don't have access to that i know
0: I'm a big believer in the whole Aquarian age that Yogi Bhajan taught. I'm such a believer in it. And I really believe that paradigm, you know, we're feeling the like Piscean, Aquarian, Piscean, Aquarian thing or, or it's a good, uh, example of what that, the energy is of the paradigm right now, you know, or a good way to put something on it. And I feel that there's just like this contract and, you know, that's happening all around the world. And I think people are just so ready for all of it to just, and truly we're all just getting back to our heritage. That's every single person on the planet connected with the elements in terms of spirituality before anything was channeled through
1: religion. And I think people are craving this, this return to bodies. It's, it's primal in all of us. Primal. And so when we are in that perfect state, in that communion with everything that is, not just on a superficial level, mm-hmm. then there's balance. Absolutely. So not only is the earth wanting to return to a place of balance, but humans want to return totally. to a place of balance.
0: Absolutely. So there's that
1: amazing symbiosis between earth and humans
0: and plants and, and plants animals and animals and all the thi- water exactly yeah, which is earth um another last thing i got a ping that i really wanted to ask you about As we, whatever you have to say on it cuz i think it just came to me so strong when i was putting on my cheeks you know i was like i need to have her talk about forgiveness and not that we've worked together on this a lot but i think that you emulate so many important teachings that forgiveness, I think, is one that, especially when it comes to healing the physical body, man, when it comes to your liver, it comes to everything, like forgiveness is sort of the answer, right, to yourself, to anything that's happened in your life. And I believe... The only way we can really start to manifest on a big scale is when we can start to forgive and start to change. I believe that's the only real way to create space to to
1: come out but we cannot bypass the anger can't that's the can't. Most you have important to
0: feel thing. your feelings you, you have, have to, go to through you your have feelings. to go
1: through the anger you have to recognize exactly what triggers the anger hmm and then it's important also to, because for a lot of people that are angry about whatever happened in their life, if it was abuse or if it was any type of, you know, aggression. Or Financial, or, I mean, just anything. Anything. Childhood. Anything. Heartbreak. We start victimizing ourselves and yeah. we start blaming others. Yeah. When we start getting back into our power and saying, okay, this happened and i'm not actually forgiving the act mm-hmm. that happened that made me feel that way but i'm no longer going to give that that act so much power that yes. it's depleting me from everything yeah then we can start working towards forgiving because we're actually coming from a place of of awareness yeah everyone has their story mm-hmm. everybody Every- i've never
0: met i've worked with Every type of client you can literally put a label on, everybody has been through shame, pain, oppression. Every yes. single person, var- varying degrees, but everyone. That's what makes us
1: human. Completely. But the thing is that we have to be able to be honest about it. Yeah. And we have to be able to just move, but move it consciously towards the fact that I want to be free yeah, of this free. anger. i want to be free of this pain i don't want this holding me back anymore yeah and so i always tell people you can't just psych. you know like spiritual bypass no you can't think it no yeah you can think about it and say okay i'm aware and i just want to move on no you have to really work through it and if it takes 20 years and it's going to take 20 years and you just have to be patient Mm -hmm. because we have this tendency to think that okay well i know i'm aware of it uh I feel like it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, let's move on. Mm-hmm. And then it reappears again Triggers. in your relationship, in your work. You know, there's this thing that is still, we have to learn to be patient with the process mm-hmm. and we have to give it the time that it needs in order to heal. And every day we should be working towards an intention of moving towards freeing ourselves and being more forgiving and releasing the pain and the anger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's all discipline. It is. It's a practice,
0: like a meditation, you know, like everything.
1: You don't put a Band-Aid on it. You can't.
0: Otherwise, I always like to say when you get shot and you don't do anything to pull out the bullet, clean the wound, air it out, and then you know suture it, then all you do is have a bullet in there that's festering and creating so much bacteria and fester. And
1: But also people become dependent on us to do it for them.
0: Yeah, that's why I think I had to stop eventually. Not ever. I had a lot of independent clients and I just knew that This could help a lot more people if I used my time more wisely. So, but I did have a few, and that's where they became independent really quickly. Because when you would work with me, they're like, "Great, when do we see each other again?" I'm like, "Don't call me for four months until you've done everything." (laughs) Like, I'm not here for your money. Like, I want to actually see some results in your life. And that's very
1: important. Very important, you know, because the thing is, as we are just instruments of God, like we also need to instill self-love into people and, and, and to give them power. Back their power power so they can walk on this journey illuminated and and inspired and you know full of love and just it's basically taking them back into that child state
0: that's that is pure authenticity that is your pure what you were at six months that is your authenticity that's mm-hmm. what and we there's so a whole thing coming fearless, on that next year where
1: you're just in love
0: love you didn't know anything about no. like anything i'm not going to get into what this could be but you were pure and i had people do this i just gave a really big talk at you know a thing in new york and i took them through a hypnosis to tap into i was like do you want to know what it feels like to be in your heart like when you hear that and you know and then they got to see that and people had the words that they were expressing i was joy i was pure love i was and that's your authenticity that's your pure and you mentioned two words in what you were saying that are so important for manifestation Power and freedom. Mm -hmm. Those power freedom, authenticity, and expansion. Like now you got it. Like that's when you're manifesting in flow and flow and flow. And so the power, I love what you had to say about forgiveness. It's totally in alignment with what I believe. You can't, the only way through, the only way out is through, or, you know, out of the pain, out of the suffering. And you have to acknowledge your feelings. And in order to, and I think the word of victimization gets a really bad rap when people have experienced pain, but it's so important. And you gave it empowerment Because the only way to freedom is by taking your power back from the situations of whatever it could be in order to create some freedom. And at the other side will eventually be forgiveness. And that's been the case for everything I've experienced in my life that no longer blocks me from the things that I want in my life. And also no longer segregates me from feeling different than another. That's huge. That's a huge thing. That's where we start to have true connection.
1: Because the thing is, when we're not balanced in that way, then that's when the jealousy, that's when and the envy that's when all of these emotions that are emotions that come Faster. up because we're not balanced exactly you know it's the insecurities the those are just manifestations of what needs to be worked through.
0: Absolutely. They're your triggers.
1: And that's yeah. the same way that Ayurvedic nutrition taught me, you know, it's mm-hmm. like why do we get drawn to sweets because we're lacking the mother energy? Why do we crave the salt and and the and the bitter and and because and, and we're feeling more uh, angry or we're feeling more competitive or we're jealous. It's, it's because totally what that is that is off balance. So it's that's why everything is I mean Medicine is available in all shapes and forms. Every
0: shape and form. There's Literally every shape and, and form. You know? Everything. Literally walking down the street. Like any <laughs> That's a walking meditation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you touched on that because when I started to learn the energetics of manifestation just like Ayurveda, the opposite is always the medicine. that creates magnetism. It's always so where you are feeling envious, it's how to turn around and see it. what what you're envying is just actually something you're witnessing that you can have. Like the opposite and that doesn't mean spiritual biology, bypassing that it's like what are you needing from what you're seeing what do you need to give more to in your life but it's that opposite creates balance and it's pure energy it's the same as as ayurveda the same as chinese medicine tcm you
1: know very i mean it's all the elements you know it's like the marma massage the the marma points like you use your fingers the same way that in chinese medicine you it's all about the cooling and the warming and you have the meridians i mean the body is just this amazing channel that we can tap into, if it's with Reiki, if it's with crystals, if it's through smells, you know, aromatherapy, with food, you know, how totally. do we how do we bring wholeness back into ourselves? Yeah, the
0: connection.
1: It's connection. Yeah. The same way that when I place my hand on the heart and I'm able to sing my ikaros, my prayers, that is just a representation of the divine. Yeah. And that's why when I was able to work with you and we were able to have that beautiful moment and you felt your heart is mm-hmm. because... You felt the divine, yeah, you felt your divinity,
0: oh, I love that you know you opened up that channel for yeah. me, literally that channel, and you, I mean, I know what you're saying, yes. um on the physical yes. theoretically, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah,, um, so the last little I think thing to leave off on is that in order to have true because I see a lot of people in the holistic world you know that are really after the holistic lifestyle but we have to understand the foundation of what is holistic is that everything is connected it means there isn't a break in anything anything <laughs> um, and so thank you for really uh, taking the time today to actually really show us that full circle I'm so grateful I, I'm so i so grateful you. can you tell us anything that you're up to that people can join in because you have some i think retreats are
1: scheduled well i have um, i wasn't expecting to promote this so i don't even know
0: <laughs> what's that you haven't even promoted it i know poor chloe i'm always like she'll send me something she's up to i'm like can you send me the link so i can share with people and i never get the link like you're the hardest healer to actually connect with it's amazing you're so sacred <laughs> It's, it's my favorite thing. Today, we were like, do you want to do a live? And she was like, what's that?
1: <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm doing several things. But this weekend, um, with this beautiful, amazing astrologer, that she's my dear friend, and she's an amazing woman, Shireen, we're doing a workshop but I don't know where. Okay, good.
0: So if somebody,
1: for instance, because
0: you are always, the only I think what determines when you do end up doing things is you feel called to a place or feel called to working with someone, right? Where would we go to see where something's upcoming? Because this will come out probably in three weeks, four weeks. Like if we wanted to tune in and, Come into a session, which is also very hard to find.
1: (laughs) Well, I I guess now I've become more connected in the sense of with Instagram. Oh, good, good. So just reach out on Instagram. Yeah, because Instagram, I have a link where you can just press the button and I get the emails Ah, if you want to book a session. Perfect. And I am promoting more of the activities that I'm doing. Great. With the, the workshops and also with retreats. Excellent. But yes, I'm... And you'll see
0: in yeah. this show notes uh, everywhere, like YouTube, to everything that you'll get your handle for. The, so Instagram is the perfect way then to keep Instagram,
1: intact. and it usually has my my website, and that's where people usually can contact me. Right. It takes me a little time to 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 respond because I am only one person, yeah. And there is, as you know, I have a waiting list, but. I'm also very grateful and thankful for every single soul that has been called to work with me and that yeah. that I've, you know... I'm very yeah. blessed
0: to have you in my life. And vice versa. I think of you so lovingly. Like every time I, I'm always like, where's Chloe? What is she doing? When your posts come up, they're so beautiful. <laughs> you are like my expander of what the divine feminine, like the potential of the divine feminine can be. It's so, and on so many levels, you're so beautiful. So well, thank you. Well, know you know
1: that the day that you want to walk down the aisle yeah <laughs> that
0: you've always <laughs> given me but i don't know you might be my expander too where i never get married where we're just partners you that's know
1: a, that's also beautiful we'll see it we can Ma- do like Max a spiritual blessing on your
0: land yeah yeah see something like that is so there's such a part of me and who knows maybe after a child there's something that that will change but there's a part of me that likes that we have to show up every day to do the work and that we aren't bound. So we're these free energies that are
1: really here because we want to be. Well, I mean, I've been with my partner for 18 years and we're not married. I love that. But it, as you said, it takes work, it takes commitment, and it takes passion. Yeah. And rediscovery and completely.
0: being okay to, fl- I just love that. We'll see what I want to honor Max. So wherever Max is at, he's a lot more like, now nah, we're getting married in 2019, October, south of France. <laughs>
1: like, hey, we'll now see. we can have some
0: rosé. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, and you'll have to come because you're going to, to administer it, ordain it, administer it, yes. however we end up. I can even do it in
1: French for you if you want.
0: <gasps> you're amazing. Oh, I love you, Chloe. I'm so grateful you came. Thank you. And thank you, guys. I hope you guys have a great day.
1: Have a beautiful day.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into the episode, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library, and it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward, and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the wise, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week.